The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking to Dave Rothero, who's the founder of Grip Advertising. He generated half a million dollars mailing people grilled cheese sandwiches in the post. He's also spent around 25 million in ad spend, and for a while, he was Frank Kern's lead ads guy. We're talking about how you can build your list with really creative advertising. We're talking ads that actually stand out from the crowd and get a result because the ads themselves are good. Now, when this episode comes to an end, we don't want you to feel like you're alone and trying to figure out how this all works for you in your business. So come and hang out in our free Facebook group. There's loads of training and resources in there. You can get stuck in and share whatever it is that you're working on. It's called the Email Marketing Show Community. So just hurl open Facebook on your phone or on the desktop and search for the Email Marketing Show community and you'll find it straight away he has never seen a single episode of the french french i can't say that he's never seen what have you not seen an episode of the fresh prince of bel-air and doesn't know the theme tune can we just stop the show it's comedy hypnotist robert temple and he forgets he's afraid of heights until he's at the top of a ferris wheel it's psychological mind reader kennedy So you've got no idea why this is a story about how my life got turned upside down. <laughs> well, I sort of know the vague, the vagaries of it, but like a bit like you don't know 30 days half September, April, June, and, and everyone else in the world does. I don't know the rap for the the fresh ones. Thing is, the Fresh Prince rhymes. That stupid freaking rhyme hasn't got any sense to it. Hello there, we are here every single week helping course creators, coaches and membership site owners to learn everything that you need in order to do the email marketing and be the email marketing hero of your business. I've butchered the intro again. I don't know what's going on, but we're not editing it because Christ, I'm imperfect. But you can do all of this regardless of how perfect you are using awesome psychology driven email marketing. Rob, please help. (laughs) <laughs> this week's episode is sponsored by ResponseSuite.com. It's the survey, quiz, and application form tool that we made to integrate with your marketing systems to segment your audience, find out more about them, and make you more sales. You can take a 14-day trial for just $1. Just head over to ResponseSuite.com. Anyone else want to be a co-host on the show? Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? I'll tell you what, we've got a good contender up next because he's one of our favourite people. And obviously we've got Dave Rothero in the wings ready to, to leap on. And one of these three things is true about Dave, Rob. I'm going to get through this. I don't know what's going on. My brain and my words are less connected than ever. So either one of these three things is true about Dave. Did he teach English to a princess? Was he an accidental star of a viral video where he was climbing a lamppost? Or did he tour the world as a punk rock violinist? One of those three things is true about Dave. So did Dave teach you English, Kennedy? Did Dave teach you English? I like that you think I'm a princess. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, you've ruined this one because I know the answer to this question. Oh, shite. 
the the million pound question. Uh, I, I know the answer to this, so I can uh, I can already answer it. It was uh, he toured the world as a punk rock violinist, which, by the way, I think is freaking awesome. How did you do that, Dave? And uh, I'm sorry for spoiling. I'm not doing a very good job today, uh, Dave. How did that happen? Well. That was a very long story, a very long convoluted story, which included far too much alcohol and far too much fun. But um, <laughs> yeah. I was- Step one, learn the violin. Step one, learn the violin. Six years old, started doing that. Got to the age of, what, 16, 17, discovered sex and drugs and rock and roll and decided playing with punk bands was a lot more fun than playing with orchestra. So um, yeah, when I did that for a while, a lot of fun. <laughs> Flip, that's amazing. So obviously you, you're the, the big chief over at Grip and you guys have a really interesting way that you approach advertising and obviously a lot of it there's a lot of ad agencies and a lot of it's to do with algorithms and testing and we're going to get into a little bit of that but you've kind of got a bit of a secret sauce haven't you yeah well so the big thing that i found out about advertising i did it in a kind of a convoluted way you touched on there at the very beginning uh that i generated over half a million dollars mailing people grilled cheese and that was like this weird systematic thing that we did we went and looked at what was happening in the marketplace what people were, were sharing what people were engaging with and we kind of found these three things subscription boxes so dollar shave club had just sold for a billion dollars after like a few years being a business and uh food we knew we wanted to do food and then unusual combinations as well, always trended online because more people shared, more people commented, people love to get into a conversation and those kind of points of contention get people talking. So we combined all three and started a grilled cheese sandwich subscription box and it worked ridiculously well. So we went globally viral within like a week. And then, but then before too long, I kind of figured out that, okay, cool, this isn't sustainable. You can only kind of keep virality up for so long and then it kind of, you know, trends move on. But what I did find was that if you sustain that with advertising, so if you actually use paid ads to amplify what's already worked and gone viral of its own accord, then there's kind of this secret sauce which works ridiculously well. So from that point forward, I kind of got obsessed with combining highly kind of the, the traits of virality, like why stuff goes viral, why people share and applying it to anything. So anything from debt recovery all the way through to um, to I actually worked with a sex therapist for a long time. Use the same principles. I like make ads go viral. So you kind of, you get this viral uplift, but then you're paying for it. So you're angling the ads exactly where you want them at the same time. Some uplift from the sex therapist. There. Excellent. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about ads generally, because I, I think lots of advertising teachers, people who teach people to do Facebook ads and Google ads and stuff, they spend a lot of time focusing on stuff like researching and targeting and all of the stuff that's very, very important. But I find a lot of it glosses over the creativity and just making ads that themselves were good. Because what you're talking about there really is an ad that's so good, if you didn't put any money behind it, it would still have some results. Like if you just put it out to your, to your organic following, it would get some result. So where do you think most advertising that people run generally falls a bit flat and is a bit boring. Yeah, well, the thing is about most kind of courses and, and those places where people look to learn about ads is they, they are they are typically very strategic. So they talk about particular strategies and that's important, right? You need to have the right advertising strategy rather than just throwing up an ad and hoping it works. Actually being able to build out a campaign where you've got top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. So you've got ads which are specifically for cold people who don't know who you are versus people who've got to know you but are still in the consideration phase. All of this stuff's really important, but it doesn't mean diddly squat if you don't have ads that people actually want to watch and engage with. So the reason that most of those, most people would fail is that really creativity and making great ads is A, overlooked because people just want to be mathematical and say, okay, put X money in, use this strategy and this will work either side. People want to sell courses, just want to sell a repeatable thing, right? It's really hard to actually sell creativity. It's, it's really, sorry, hard to actually teach creativity. Um, it's possible, but it's really hard and most people overlook it. The thing is that most agency owners who are really worth their salt, people who really know what they're doing, 
and who incidentally are going to survive all the iOS 14 stuff, which uh, which we all know is happening right now. Um, the people who are really worth their salt tell you the same thing. You can hack and optimize and do all that stuff on the back end, for like a one to two percent improvement. Whereas you can get a, a new piece of creative, a new image, video, copy, something which just happens to strike home with your ideal customer base, and you can see a ten to twenty x improvement overnight. Wow, wow. So it's really interesting to think about that's the difference in... I remember when we first started running some ads for one of our offers, we thought, right, we'll get a picture of a cat and we'll put it on a yellow background. This sounds like a joke. This is literally the shit we were doing. Picture of a cat on a yellow background. My cat, nice cat. And put some text on it and uh, and then go, that'll, that'll be lovely. And honestly, like, it was it was doing okay, actually. It was, it was doing fine. But then when we started working together and you said, right, we're going to make a cartoon. And we were like, what? And it was this mat, like, this looked like you were on some seriously strong stuff when you came up with it and wrote the script. So let's talk about, you said you can't, it's hard to teach creativity, it's kind of worth it. Let's give some tips. Anybody who's here now listening, thinking, right, I'm just a person who has a business, I sell my thing, I'm not really a creative person. How can we go about starting to be creative with our ads? Where does that begin in Dave's crazy mind? So, um... It's, it's it's a really weird process, right? The way I actually do it is, I, so I use a set, a set of principles. I have a set of principles in my head. One being that using visual metaphor to describe something. So actually using like a metaphor which describes what you actually do. And then also using characters and things that people know. That's the most important thing is bridging things with th- things that people know and things that people actually like to watch. So you bear all these things in mind. And then to be completely honest with you, I'll kind of put that in the back of my head and then I'll go and walk around for days. I'll go and walk in the park. I'll go and sit down by the lake next to where I live. And then eventually an idea just kind of downloads. So for example, the the, the one that um, we put together for you guys was Email Marketing's Not Dead, who's the funeral of Email Marketing. And, you know, this works on, on, the, on the notion. So many people are talking about email marketing being dead. The messenger marketing's come and killed it. So we personified all those elements like email marketing as a character, messenger marketing as a character, and then made this storyline. And the thing about that, the thing about advertising like that is that you kind of create a Trojan horse where your product is woven throughout the storyline that people can watch. And it kind of doesn't feel like an ad. It's like people watch it and they're like, they're entertained, they're endeared by you. They understand the context because you've kind of used this A, B, A, B, A, B, um, kind of uh, value entertainment, value entertainment, value entertainment structure so that you keep people egging along without having to kind of just force feed them like uh, content about what your product is the whole time. And you end up with like a really entertaining ad where you're actually teaching people and indoctrinating people about who you are and what you do. One of the really nice byproducts of this that I've seen just from our ads running is when you see a lot of other people's ads, which obviously we all do if you go on Facebook, um, you often see that, uh, you know, angry comments, angry faces, lots of abuse being hurled at the person running the ads, like, get the fuck out of my newsfeed, as if they don't know how Facebook works, that kind of thing. And uh, yet with our ads, there is none of that. There's there's lots of like heart reactions, the love, the love reaction, I don't know what it's officially called, the little heart reaction, uh, and that kind of thing. And people saying this is a great ad and sharing it and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of proof that actually people, and, and it sounds like that myth unicorn that doesn't exist if you've never used it before but you can actually create ads that people like and are happy to see in their feed and of course that pleases facebook because they would love to fill, fill it with ads that people really like to see so i think all of that stuff's really good now another thing that you put a lot of emphasis on with 
with taking an ads campaign and being able to get it working and then scaling is obviously aggressive split testing. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about your stance? On yeah, that? sure. So Facebook themselves actually came out recently. This is an interesting fact and said that their top 1% of 1% of advertisers, the people who are exponentially more successful than everybody else on the platform or than the average advertiser on the platform, actually split test their creative 11 times more than the average advertiser. So really what we're looking to do is to test and test and test and then find something that works and then iterate on that as well. So say for example, we find a video that works. Perfect example, on your guys' ads, there was the same version of the video in one of our initial tests with exactly the same video, exactly the same copy, exactly the same everything apart from the thumbnail. So the thumbnail of the video is something which shows up if people just flick past as they're scrolling onto it, then it'll show the thumbnail and then it'll start to autoplay. Or if they're on um, mobile internet and they don't have a good enough uh, internet connection, then their, their feed might automatically set itself not to autoplay video. So it'll show up then in the place of the video as a holding image. Now with a different thumbnail in that particular ad set, exactly the same ad, exactly the same audience, one thumbnail outperformed the other one by three X. So it's three times more profitable, three times more click-through click through rates just through a thumbnail. So that kind of illustrates, obviously it's, you, you need to find the traction point first. There's no point like iteratively split testing on a video that doesn't work. There's just no point. You get to a point where you've got something which starts to work and then you iteratively split test on that. And then when you find something which works there, then you take a look at it and you go, okay, cool. Like what could we do to improve this? And then you take the video and you say, okay, cool. Can we swap out the first three to five seconds? Is that going to make it better? Because really the first three to five seconds is the most important part of the ad button on. We also do quite a bit of stuff on YouTube. And uh, on YouTube, we always, it's, it's a lot more about the the first three to five seconds of the video being a really compelling hook. I mean, that's always important, but on YouTube, we split test three to six different versions of that hook the first three to five seconds, just to see which one's gonna work best. And it's not unusual to see double or quadruple or even greater performance on one of those particular hooks. Because if you think about it, it's the first few seconds, the more people you actually get to stop, the more people you get to prevent them click and skip ad, and the more people you actually have to watch the rest of the ad to click through to get to your offer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Okay. So let's say I'm sitting at home right now or, you know, and, and I'm thinking, right, I'm going to run my own ads because I'm going to build my list. I'm going to do a list building campaign, opt-in, free opt-in thing. How many bits of creative, creative, you know, we're talking about, you're talking about creative, creative is what you're talking about here. That stuff that's in the newsfeed being unusual. How many is the minimum somebody should create uh, before they get going? Yeah, well, I mean, the likelihood is you're going to start off on a small budget. So the last thing you want to do is go in with, well, from, from a production perspective and also from like a strategic perspective, perspective as well. The last thing you want to go do is go in with like 20 different pieces of content. So the best thing you can do there, if you're starting on like a $20 or $30 a day budget, for example, just to, to get some leads through the door, then I would say that the same core ad, the same principle, the same kind of core notion to the ad, which is essentially going to be opt-in for this lead magnet, but then split test three or four different hooks on the first end. So the same video, exactly the same, and split test three or four different hooks. And then the next split test that you could do from that as well, which we very often do, is headlines on the actual video. So graphic headlines. So obviously in an ad, you've got the primary copy, which is the text, which forms the kind of the, the bulk of the ad itself. Then you've got the ad headline, which is the stuff you actually type into Facebook when, when you're making the ad, the, the headline there. But then in the actual um, video ad itself, then we crop them to square. So you basically get more real estate on the feed for the exact same amount of money. You might as well have twice the amount of room, right? So you you crop it to square and then you get more real estate on the feed. And then across the top, you can split test two to three different headlines. And again, like this is the kind of thing where we see dramatically different performance between the exact same video, but just with a slightly different headline. So when we do tests like that, we always do three different headlines. They're usually fairly broadly different. And it wants to be round about ideally three to five words, no more than about eight or 10 words. 
just to capture people's attention. And you see this kind of post, right? You see the kind of meme post which does this organically. Yeah, that's yeah, like the Gary V style thing. I think it's, it's become known as where there's like the, the banner along the top. And are there sort of three different angles that you take those headlines from? Do you do like a, we'll always have one which is about gain, we'll have one which is about loss, and we'll have one that is entertaining and irreverent. Like, do you have three different particular angles you always go for? How do you sort of dial into that? Yeah, for sure. There's always towards pain, away away from away from pain, towards pain, <laughs> away away from. <laughs> depends depends on the Sorry, market. Sorry, no, never know. SNM market. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> away from pain towards pleasure and then there's always intrigue so it's always like leaving a breadcrumb so this is this is a really important advertising notion as well especially for, for social media ads is that you know really the purpose when you look at an actual ad the way it's formatted we're talking about an ad with a graphic headline like we're talking about right now then the purpose of the graphic headline on the ad is to get people to stop scrolling the purpose of uh that is to get them to read the headline on the ad so the actual text headline in Facebook. The purpose of the text headline is to get them to read the copy on the ad. And the purpose of the copy is to get them to click through. Like this is a huge thing, which was taught to me by one of my early Facebook ad mentors, which is really the purpose of the ad is to sell the click. Like you're not trying to do the heavy lifting and get people over the line to actually buy the product or even necessarily opt in in the ad. Like it's all about selling a click to get them through, through to the next stage. The, uh, understanding this kind of notion of micro commitments and taking people along to the next step, next step, next step in a kind of breadcrumb fashion is a really powerful thing to do. And, and it, it, it drops people's buyer barrier a lot more. It's kind of like, well, it's, it's the perfect example of not jumping into bed in the first date. It's taking people along step by step, slowly but surely. I think it's really interesting because with with a lot of lead magnet ads, in other words, list building ads, quite often you think, well, the thing's free. I think the marketer takes the perspective that the thing is free, therefore I don't have to sell it very hard and therefore I'll just sort of vomit everything about it into the ad. So a lot of the time, you'll have seen this, I'm sure, the ad the ad creative is often just an image, a, des- a graphically designed image with like maybe a little cover of the of the you know, the download, the free PDF or whatever, and some text about what it is in a title. And really it's, it's all hinging on, I've got this PDF and do you want it? It's mm. free. Is, is that really just an outdated way of doing stuff? And actually this kind of creative telling a story, having a cartoon, in other words, sell, sell the story and the hook and the interest of the thing rather than the thing. Is that, is that what you're looking yeah, for? Yeah, well, you know, an important thing there is that people really don't like value free anymore because I think it's been bastardized so much. Like people give any old shit away from free, you know, and it's and most of the time you opt in, you get the lead magnet and it's it's really not that great. So really in that in that case, you fall better um in an ad where you're promoting a free lead magnet, far, far better, really clearly illustrating the problem that you solve, like in the way, in the, in the words that the ideal target market would actually say it themselves verbatim. Than, uh, than trying to sell the actual outcome that it solves. So if you can really clearly illustrate the problem, then the person reading automatically, if they've got that problem, they describe it the same way themselves, they automatically assume that you've got the solution. So it's a far better idea to actually illustrate that problem um, than, than sort of selling the notion of free. Using the word free in big kind of text all over the ad is just like a waste of time pretty much nowadays. It's like people, yeah, if, 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 they see, if people see a lead magnet, most of the times if people see an ebook, they expect it's going to be free anyway. So yeah, go after what's more valuable, which is the so outcome. You could, you could, people talk about the idea that you should sell a lead magnet as hard as if it was a paid for product. And I think if you take that notion into ads, it sounds like that's going to be even more powerful. In other words, create an ad that's so good it would sell the yeah. product. Uh, like put that much effort into it. Don't just like sling something together because it seems like it's going to be easy. I think if you start to do that for a list building ad, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, what about, I mean, there's this difference between uh, free lead magnets and what people are now calling paid lead magnets, uh, this, the SLO, the self-liquidating offer. And uh, we obviously, we, we currently run mostly paid lead magnets. 
taking people from cold straight into acquiring customers. Do you think... When sh- how does somebody make the decision on which one of those to do? Because that can be difficult, and they go, oh, well, should I? Because people see us in our world. They see us doing the paid thing, and they go, oh, well, I'm going to do this, the paid thing. And they go, well, it, it, it's only one way of doing it, you know. How how is there a really good rule of thumb on how to figure out whether to do paid lead magnet or free lead magnet? Yeah, well, you know, the, the advantage of a paid lead magnet is that you're acquiring buyers rather than, lead, rather than just random list members, you know, so you attracting people that actually will vote with their wallets. And especially, I've actually done some really interesting tests whereby I've done I've done the same ebook for free versus for um, free plus shipping with a physical book versus $19 versus $37. And the $37 worked out far more profitable, got a much better quality of customer who actually read the book and were more engaged with it. So it's, it's kind of, I wouldn't say there's a rule of thumb, but there's a few things at play. Like, what's the quality of lead that you want? Do you think that your buyer or your, you know, the person you're trying to attract is at a point where they're ready to spend money? Is the problem big enough that they're ready to spend money? And even, you know, it's even if it's like a dollar, like it's kind of not much difference between whether it's a dollar or nine dollars or fourteen dollars. Because at the end of the day, the thing that you're really trying to get get over the barrier of is people actually reaching into the back wallet and getting the wallet out figuratively, you know, which is a real effort when you sit on the internet. You think about the actual. The way people browse the internet is the most effortless thing in the world. It's made so by media and social media apps that spend billions of dollars figuring out how to make it as effortless as possible. So then you trying to get get somebody to extract their wallet from their back pocket is 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 a real kind of uh, a real hurdle to get over. And in fact, also worth really noting that you know what we've seen time and time again when we actually add PayPal into any SLO funnels as a paying option that the, the, the conversion rate just absolutely shoot up because it's just you remove that friction. So people who are thinking, yeah, I could definitely use this and it's a small amount of money, then you're removing that friction or you dramatically reducing that friction and you're also helping yourself to acquire buyers at a, at a, um, at a lower price. Really, really interesting. Oh, I could talk about this for days. And I know you and I, you know, we, we all hang out quite a bit and, and do talk about this for days. So uh, this has been absolutely awesome. Let's find out what this week's subject line of the week, subject line of the week. It sort of missed the word is there. Let's find out what this week's subject line of the week is. Is what you needed on the end. There. Subject Dave. line of the week is. Subject line of the week is. <laughs> New theme tune for you there. Uh, Dave, what's this week's subject um, line of the week? Incidentally, your guys are... Uh, um, theme tune slash jingle absolutely puts mine to shame. I'm very, very jealous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's because you got Rob to sing yours. <laughs> <laughs> so my subject line of the week is um, keep your eyes peeled and then in brackets, graphic content. I flip and love it. Tell us the context. What's that so about? this was actually, so um, it was about a year ago now. Actually, I, I had corrected laser eye surgery. And I thought it was um, it was quite a, an interesting experience. And I um, I wrote a uh, a story based email, much like you guys actually um, uh, teach teach your students to do, a story based email about the experience, and, and kind of drew it back around to a um, uh, a call to action. I can't remember exactly what the call to action was, but um, yeah, I think that was the intrigue. And it, so I actually got a thirty seven percent open rate on that. And I think that kind of really really illustrates the power of intrigue and also the power of negativity. And I guess like. Um, gore attraction <laughs> i think most people yeah, are expecting yeah. something gory when they open that you know yeah yeah no i love it. and i think you don't you don't have even have to have something gory in that in that email the, the graphic content could be literally that there is a graphic yeah, I mean, in this yeah. email. Yeah. <laughs> you know you could you go that graphic content is a graphic you know depending on your personality it could be something that is a little bit you know a little bit of a strange one that's an awesome subject line of the week subject line of the week, of the week. 
So Dave, for people who want to find out more about you and Grip and everything that you're doing, tell us, where do we go? Yeah, sure. So you can shoot over to gripadvertising.com and you can see all about what we do. Uh, don't really have any lead magnets around at the moment. If you want to uh, grab a copy of that book I mentioned earlier, then it's read this if you want to go viral.com. You can grab a copy of that. <laughs> I love it. We will, of course, put links to all of that in the show notes and all of that good stuff. And if you want to come and talk about your ads and what you're going to do in order to build your list with uh, creative advertising, then come and hang out in our free Facebook group. It's called The Email Marketing Show Community. Just go to Facebook and search for The Email Marketing Show Community. Or if you open any web browser like Chrome or Safari or something and go to robandkennedy.group, the magic of the internet will forward you over to there. Dave, thank you so much for hanging out. We'll see you all later.